just a minute. Mia, Carlos, come in. Is there a problem? I didn't want to be the one to say it, Abby, but there's something wrong with Hector. Oh, no. And? He said he was going to take care of the problem. It's just how he said it. He's going to kill that girl, isn't he? I don't... Maybe. Probably. Yes. I think so. I didn't know this would happen. Hector didn't used to be like this. He's been like this for years, and it's just gotten worse recently.
to the weekly review. This is Roman, and that is probably now my favorite song and many versions of it. The original uh, version of Love Me, I'm a Liberal by Phil Oaks, of course, and that was a cover by Jello Biafra and Mojo Nixon. And it's just, yeah, it pretty much says it all, especially after this past weekend. I'm glad to be here. I didn't think I would be here. I was very, I was terrified. Given the things that had happened, the, the previous times the fascists came into town, especially in Berkeley, uh, things got really violent. The cops were violent, as per usual. The white supremacists, fascists, however we want to label them, they were violent. And with time, they were pushed out of town. A lot of people came through, both in San Francisco and into Berkeley. And folks showed up in the thousands both days and pushed them out of town. And that was fucking rad. There were 13 arrests on Sunday. Some were white supremacists, some were not. Um, overall, there was not violence... <laughs> Like, there was not the type of violence that a lot of us were expecting and fearful of. And that was great. So I think a lot of us, we left on Sunday thinking, oh, gosh, this is wonderful. We showed up. We got them out of town. Or at least we, we told them that they're not welcome here. It was just incredible. There are times when I almost cry. There's just so many beautiful moments on Sunday. For instance, a, like a group, hundreds, maybe even a thousand of us were, were walking uh, past the Berkeley police station chanting Black Lives Matter. That was beautiful. Folks who were speaking, there was a flatbed truck and there were some preachers and other folks, uh, activists who were speaking to the crowd and it was wonderful. And at one point they were saying, we love you. And we were replying, we love you. And they said, we love you. And we said, we love you back. And it was just it's back and forth. And it was incredible. It, it's, it really was just, I, I, don't, I didn't even have the words for it. It was just amazing how powerful that felt. And then the next day, what do we see in, in some of the papers, some of the, like SF Gate? There was an article even in Mother Jones. Uh, the Chronicle was terrible. The, uh, AP, Associated Press, all of these stories saying, yeah, violent, you know, black clad anarchists create violence in Berkeley. And a lot of us were like, what? What? Excuse me? Um, wait, wait. Did you see something that I wasn't seeing? Because that's not, wasn't the impression that we got. It was a pretty successful time, and, you know, folks weren't hurt and no one was killed, and this could have been on really bad, and things were great, so what are you writing about? And it was a lot of uh, fear-mongering, to the point where even the mayor of Berkeley uh, has talked about even labeling Antifa. I, there's also just this talk about lack of language or lack of understanding of what things are. First of all, the fact that I think the default should be that you are anti-fascist. If you're not anti-fascist, there's a fucking problem with you, first of all. So that's, A, that's number one. A number one, right? And then there's also this idea of some folks conflating black folks who are in black block with calling them Antifa. And it's kind of like there's a Venn diagram, I guess, but it's like just because you're an anti-fascist doesn't mean you're in black block. And it was just really, uh, it's some of the folks who kind of follow this logic are also listening to 45 and they're closer to 45's ideology than they are to the rest of us. So watch it. Okay, so then Nancy Pelosi also recently um, mentioned making Antifa, uh, considering Antifa, anti-fascists as uh, terrorists. So if you stand up to white supremacists, if you stand up to neo-Nazis, if you stand up to the people who are trying to kill you, that makes, makes one a terrorist. That's their logic. That's the fucking Democrats' logic. Now, some of us who haven't had a lot of faith in Democrats or liberals in a while are maybe not so surprised by this, because if they actually had our backs, we wouldn't be in this position in the first place. And if they are going to back the state, they're going to back the cops as opposed to the people who stand up against the cops. (sighs) 
So for a lot of us, it's not really a surprise, and it's also just going along with the playbook. They would rather defend violent police officers than they would defend the people. And it's just... Thankfully, I'm glad that I'm not alone in recognizing this, and many other folks have called this out, and there's something to be said that a lot of people are calling this out and writing their own testimonies and talking about it, because it's really maddening to experience something, and then all of a sudden to have the next day to have the the newspapers to have the media say oh this was terrible when something was actually really peaceful and unifying i mean when people come together that's what it takes that's what's what it's going to take and i think people in power are afraid of that because if we don't need them then that's threatening to them and we didn't need them we had security we had folks we had our own security Something else that's a little bit frustrating is that there's more I want to say, and I'm also very cautious because I, I, I'm not afraid of offending. The people I'm afraid of offending, fuck you. I also I don't think they listen to the show. I don't think folks who are, uh, I, don't, I, I, don't know, I don't think they listen to the show. It's more the um, how does one protect oneself and one's comrades, you know, so how much information does one, one reveal? And I'm usually, like, I'll talk about myself because, you know, that's one thing, but I don't want to put anyone else. So that's... It's interesting that we live in a world where there's this idea of freedom, yet you can't necessarily tell the truth because uh, depending on what they think may or may not be considered illegal, for instance, and nothing that one did was anything that it was illegal, it's still this idea that if you're going to make anti-fascists uh, <laughs> illegal, that's a fucking problem because we're going to die. It's as simple as that. These were folks who time and time again, uh, Cornell West said in Charlottesville, it was the folks in Black Bloc, the anti-fascists, who protected the clergy from white supremacists. These are people who are protecting people's lives and they're being criminalized. So I think the folks in power are afraid of us. That's what I think. So, you know, as they fucking should be, right? And we're not trying to hurt anybody. We're trying to protect ourselves. And that's another conversation that has to happen. Folks in Black Bloc, they don't just go randomly targeting people. There are folks there who showed up who had been sending people death threats and rape threats. So when someone like that comes into the crowd and tries to pepper spray people, tries to attack people, by all means, get them out of here. Do what it takes to get them out of here to protect our community. I have no qualms about that. It's not like they're just saying, oh, here's someone, we're just going to like some random person. No, people do their research. It's not some willy-nilly thing of folks, oh, they're all so aggressive. That's, I think, being you're, you're enabling the folks who are trying to hurt us by saying that the folks who are protecting us are wrong in that. I felt very safe on Sunday. I felt the safest I felt in a protest in a very long time. And I go out a lot. I show up a lot. And uh, Sunday felt awesome to be able just to be there. I haven't felt that secure in a protest or rally setting in a very long time. And I have to thank Black Bloc for that. And I have to thank the organizers of the event, the many, many organizers, the citizens doing security. I felt safe. I felt safe. So it's incredible then the following day just to see all these reports of this was unsafe, this was dangerous. It was interesting. I also got a text while I was there um, from a friend who was concerned that was like, get out of here, it's not safe. And I was looking around and I was like, well, I don't know. And I get that, you know, not everything is happening in the same place and different event, different things are happening in other places, even though it was mostly centralized. Uh, but it was so bizarre because I was looking around and I didn't feel threatened at all. I felt very comfortable. There were thousands of people and it was also just a really diverse background, you know, just many, many people like different tactics, it was just great, it was awesome. So then to, it's like this, it kind of leads into this gaslighting, and then, you know, the next day these these stories come out, and so then one, I mean, I didn't question any, I mean, I question, I don't trust the media, so I'm like, fuck you, first of all. 
Um, but then it's also, it's enraging, and then it's also plays into the fear of other folks, where people who didn't know who weren't there are going to read that, take it as face value. Even The Onion, even The Onion, you know, wrote an article, um, you know, t- you know, it's like making fun of Black Block or being like, oh, they caused it. And I'm like, no, The Onion, you're wrong. Like, I know it's satirical, but it's also just like, they're n- they didn't, they got this idea that somehow, they got this idea that somehow it really was violent when it wasn't, and it was a lot safer this time than it was in previous times. And that's something else, too, is that there's a folks, some, Frank Somerville, for instance, was a fucking reporter. Can't, I can't even deal with him. I can't even talk about him, but I probably will. He, you know, he, um, he came in and he was just, I mean, if you haven't been following the story, if you weren't there in the previous times, how can you fucking come in and show up and act like you know everything and then spread your life? He's like, oh, I feel uncomfortable here. Meh, meh, meh. That's how a lot of people feel most of the time, Frank. <laughs> most people don't feel safe walking down the street, Frank. Jesus. Ugh. But he's in the media, so he has a lot of people listening to him and he's a, he's a precious, and I don't want to put it down to, to demographics. You know, it's not like, oh, because I, you know, like. I get that you're an old white cis man, and they're not all terrible. And on the other hand, uh, you don't have to be terrible. You don't have to be terrible. You can have good politics, buddy. You can listen when people critique you, when people call you in and call you out. You can, instead of being defensive, especially if you have a fucking platform like he does and so many followers, you don't... Ugh. Blech. Anyway, we do have some guests here today. We got some folks um, who'll be calling in, some folks in here as well, who'll be talking about the background of some of the people who were organizing the original event that we protested. And so very grateful to have that. And it's also just really crucial that we get the word out because it's also, one has to spend, it's like this emotional energy that it takes a toll. It's not just like the toll of staying alive in a world that's full of like white supremacists and patriarchy and just a lot of violence against marginalized communities. Then there's the fucking gaslighting that comes when people say, oh, maybe it's not that bad or maybe you're imagining it or maybe you shouldn't fight back. Um, if we didn't fight back, we'd be dead. People have been doing this for fucking centuries. Don't tell us how to survive, please. You can either help us or you can shut the fuck up. <sighs> it was interesting because then on, on Facebook, then, you know, a, f- a friend who is out in New York, you know, shared one of the, the stories, which, news stories, which was wrong. And so I had to like call him in and be like, no, 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 this isn't, this isn't correct. This is not factually correct. And, you know, thankfully they listened and they're like, oh, wow, okay. Um, but it's really important that we get the word out there uh, to, to, to let folks know that this is exactly, we need to tell people what happened. And that's, it's also goes into the whole idea of like who owns, the, who does control the media and who does control the narrative. And when you have like conservative folks controlling the narrative, it's going to get people afraid of things they should not be afraid of when we should be afraid of the state. Cause honestly, that's who I'm fucking afraid of. I have been assaulted by police a number of times. No one in black block has ever hurt me ever. Some folks have offered me snacks. They've been kind to me. They've protected me. Not so not so for some of the folks who work law enforcement. So that's my perspective, and I know I'm not alone in that. So we do have a guest here, and I'd like to uh, invite her in, uh, Zarina uh, Zabriskie, if she'd like to come on in. Um, Zarina's been doing a lot, of, a lot of research for a very long time on, on all these folks, and we're really grateful to have, have her here. So whenever you're ready, if you'd like to, to pop in here and get you all set up. And it was really great to it was great to, to see you at these at these rallies, um, just to know that we have comrades who are um, taking notes and are paying attention to what's happening. Hi. So hey. Hey, I'm Zabriskie, and I officially object to being called a comrade, being from the country of comrades. Other than that, I agree with everything okay. that Roman says. Uh, right on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it is very important to get the word out. 
um, uh, I know you've been there. I know I was there. I know a lot of our friends were there. But a lot of people, the whole country, the whole world, were not there, and yeah. they give getting a wrong impression. Yes. Um, and uh, because I was doing the research prior to this event, yes, I have a little bit of an insight on how it happened. Yes. So I thought that I can share that because I know you have other eyewitnesses, Please. and I have an uh, article coming with yes. a lot of eyewitnesses stories in the article. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll give you my two cents yes. on what I know happened. Uh, so basically, my opinion is that mainstream media was duped, yeah. just like the general public. How it happened, uh, I used to work for CBS News a long time ago, not mm-hmm. as a journalist, as a business manager of a bureau, but I've seen the stories being made. I've seen how they got on air and how it's done. And I also have an experience lately of uh, providing information to some mainstream media journalists and investigative journalists. Um, so basically, they like to pick on each other. They, they sometimes, you know, you have an, uh, um, an impression that they like to break a story. It's not always so. Oftentimes, they look at each other and check with each other on what's going on. Uh-huh. And so we get the general narrative. To break out of this narrative, take some guts and not every publication is going to do it because they also, as a former business manager of CBS News, I can tell yes. you that there are commercial considerations. They're looking at ratings. Right. If you study to report a story that is completely different from everything else, uh, you might lose ratings, you might lose your readers. So they have to consider that as a business establishment. Uh, So when I was on site on Sunday in Berkeley, um, a friend of a friend, you know how it goes, it's a small world, asked me to report on the phone to ABC News nationwide. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't report for ABC News. I'm independent. Yes. Uh, but uh, in this particular situation, I thought it would be a good thing for them to have somebody on the ground. So I call through some checkboard. They connect me to a woman. I believe in the bureau, she, nationwide ABC News, and they are covering it. So she asked me to report. I'm right in the middle of MLK Park. Mm-hmm. I'm looking around, telling her everything I've seen. Yeah. And because I've been following their uh, old right all day on Saturday, yes. uh, and I've even been uh, in Chrissyfield on Friday to look at what kind of precautions are taking place there, yes. I'm pretty well informed. Yeah. She d- doesn't have any information on the names of their organizations, on Patriot Prayer, on um, uh, w- the difference between the events in San Francisco and, uh, and Berkeley. And that's okay. That's not her job. She, she just got to the story. Yeah. So I'm giving her all the information. She's listening. And then she's asking, uh, are the barricades being dismantled? Yeah. Uh, is, is there tear gas? And I say, no, I'm standing right here. Yeah. Nothing is being dismantled. I mean, it's pretty peaceful all around me. Yeah. It's like there are children walking around. Yeah. And so, yeah, but this other station, unfortunately, I don't remember now because right after that, I had to sprint to, to look at the fight. Yeah. Uh, I think KFO, one of the stations is reporting yeah. that the barricades are being dismantled. And I'm saying, ma'am, I'm standing in the middle yes. of it. I'm, it's a small park. Yeah. I have, I'm in the middle. I don't see anything being dismantled. Yes. So later, in the aftermath, by talking to people, I found out that there was one orange plastic uh, 
thing that I even hesitate to call a barricade yeah. that was shaken and possibly went down. I'm oh. not sure if it did. I mean, th- these are not barricades being dismantled. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so later on, you, you know, I, I ran with a bunch of people because I think there was a, there were a lot of uh, right-wing provocateurs. Yes. And so there was a man in a camouflage running around and some people, both Antifa and plain clothes regular people not Antifa faces open running after them what was going on I don't know because I was also on the phone and then the police came that was after police already retreated yeah stepped in and it all disbanded and Antifa was just staying standing there with a big banner after Charlotte Wills we protect our community that's all that happened yes so and I was reporting it to her and then then that was it. Yeah. None of it made. I didn't see any of my reporting or any reporting like this yes. anywhere in the press. And yes. I searched. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it got somehow to ABC News. <laughs> I don't have a television. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. In that case, I apologize. But generally, that's how it's done. Her keyword was, oh, but this other station is saying that, yeah. and the other station probably picked it up from another station. So. Our task is, and my task as yeah. independent investigative journalist, to get to the bottom of it. Where do they get their original source of information? Yes, yes. And that I got to. Uh-huh. And there was a very well-coordinated, and I'll get back to that, um, uh, campaign, uh-huh. which was anti anti-far campaign, going on uh, openly in chat boards, boards like uh, for chat for board. Uh-huh. Uh, and I found some of the entries myself, yes. and other journalists, like Reveal, just published an article yeah. yesterday, yes. uh, p- uh, also found these conversations. Um, I actually quoted it in um, my article, uh, two of my articles. Yes. Um, and so th- what what they were saying was um, uh, prior to this event, uh, one of the anonymous posts on the board asked uh, alt-right uh, friends yeah. to make me- memes like pictures related of abused women, yeah. children with captions espousing violence against all in caps, Nazis. Cite that 53% of white women voted for Trump, that sort of thing. The goal is to equate Trump supporters to fascists, make Antifa look bad, and bring normies closer to our side in the process. Normies being you folks listening. Yeah. Most of us are normies for them. So this is a quote. I have mm-hmm. the photographs, a screenshot yeah, yeah, of this seen, one. Yeah. So then it goes, post these on Twitter on the following hashtags, punch Nazi in... St- uh, uh, that was the instruction. Yeah. So when I put together an article, who is trolling Bay Area, yeah. or, pu- or to punch or not to punch, yes. uh, I uh, posted it on Twitter with a hashtag, punch Nazi. Yes. Immediately, within two minutes, it got retweeted uh, by an anonymous Antifa something that was just created, fresh, brand new account, with only memes like this, with abused women, Uh and he said here... Uh, at Zarina Zabriskie, we must punch all the Nazis. Mm-hmm. So apparently, either it's a bot who can't read, or either it's some idiot who can't read. Nevertheless, they never read my article. I retweeted yeah. it immediately, and it was retweeted by some other people who yeah. are more prominent in Twitter community. I hate yeah. Twitter, so I don't, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Don't. So, 
And they didn't even react to that. So I just put it back into my article yes. in, in some postmodernist twist. Yes. You know, like I became the part of this narrative showing that, yes, this campaign is actually happening. Right. So that wasn't the only one, this memes and kill all the Nazis and alt-right impersonating Antifa. Yeah, they've set uh, a lot of accounts they, like they, that. They, yeah. they set a lot of accounts like this and they did that. And also, there was the whole food chain working on the things being reported from the site. Yeah. Uh, like that fame infamous by now video that Shane Bauer uh, yeah. made yeah. Uh, uh, the, where uh, Antifa beating uh, one person yeah. was reposted by no other than uh, I can't pronounce all. There's a lot of names. Uh, Jack Posobiec um, is his name. Mm-hmm. He, he is quite prominent in yeah. uh, alt right. He wasn't on site. He's not local. Not in San Francisco. Yeah. His name is Jack Posobiec. Yeah. Uh, actually, Trump has been retweeting his tweets about yes. violence in Chicago. He immediately, as soon as this video appears, he retweets it, says, this is the alt-left, which is not even a term, folks. Yeah. They've created this word right. out of the sheer blue uh, after Charlotte Wills. And I assure you, after interviewing bunch of these people on site in Berkeley and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. These are not the people who come up with all these intricate plans. Yeah. They have about like one brain cell for all of them to share. Yeah. They are only able to run around and cause chaos and beat up people and uh, scream obscenities. They, they cannot communicate. I, I couldn't even share their interviews because for, interview, for an interview there needs to be some content and there is no content. So they apparently are not doing this. They are just puppets. They they are pawns, and they are beating up, they are running, they are screaming, they are uh, streaming a lot of it. Yeah. And then there is another tier that works on that, and that's how propaganda works. Yeah. So from there, this uh, this is old left, and the video with the uh, first part cut off when when yeah. the, uh, the the person who wasn't an innocent standby or man going grocery shopping no. that was Keith Campbell, and I have the whole history yeah. on him you, in my article. Yeah, please talk uh, about that. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, basically that guy came to being kind of known i guess none of them are really known what is there to be known about but yeah. they want fame very much they they all walk around with the phones or devices uh t- aimed at their own faces it looks ridiculous yeah. it's, a, it's an ongoing show and uh, so he came to the so-called Battle of Berkeley, where you and I were, by the way. And uh, so they, yeah. they coined another term. They coined a lot of terms to make it reality. Yeah. You need to, lose, uh, to use language. As a linguist by education, I can tell you that yes. that's what's going on. So um, that Keith Campbell of El Cerrito, also not local, he was there all along. Yeah, I mean, that is and, local, yeah. And he's also everywhere. He's in Portland, he's in Seattle. He's streaming and streaming and glorifying violence, glorifying their confrontation, so-called. There's no confrontation. There's no dialogue. It's, it's yeah. impossible to have dialogue with a Nazi. But supposedly invented a dialogue between the Nazi and the alt-left, non-existent alt-left. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, 
that and you can read more in my article there's a lot more and it's all very unsightly I, I, I mean it's a lot of disturbing images and information yeah so that person is posting this video called Patriot Warrior Media that is retweeted retweeted by Jack Posobiec yeah that is retweeted by um, thousands of Russian bots, automated bots, and uh. there's a chart that I actually included in mm -hmm. my article, where it shows that uh, the use of the hashtag Berkeley MAGA uh, and Berkeley protest went up 27.600% percent, 27,000% percent wow. up, and immediately went trending. Yeah. And guess how it was trending? It was trending with the negative um, yes. coverage of Antifa yeah. because of course it's manipulated right. by first the people on the ground yes. then they're in between goers yes. um, from the higher up in old right mm -hmm. and then with the, supported by the Russian boards and that's where the media mainstream media people like the ABC news reporter yeah who puts together a story gets their information yes and to confirm that uh, there is a San Francisco Chronicle Lizzie uh, Johnson, Johnson or Lizzie yeah. I yeah, don't Johnson, remember her last name right. I believe it's yeah. Lizzie Johnson who supposedly is on the ground yeah. and as she's covering the events on the ground she quotes no other than Kyle Chapman yeah. who is the base stickman yeah. and he's another glorified no one yeah who just hits another person on the head with a stick yeah. and then it the pictures went viral and then it was glorified it was uh, made into a brand and Amber Cummins who put together and called for the <sighs> no to Marxism yeah, yeah. Uh, event to which she never showed up she yeah. actually did show up in the evening there's mm -hmm. a video of her there uh, she was selling the shields yeah. and sticks yeah. signed by the sad base stickman. And he is a convict with a, mm -hmm. with a lot of criminal history yeah. to him. Yeah. And uh, obviously all of them along the line post on their social media white supremacy signs and mm -hmm. uh, Nazi sentiments, nationalistic sentiments. Uh, this is the person that Miss Johnson of San Francisco mm -hmm. Chronicle chooses yeah. to quote and yeah. retweet yeah I, I i never met this person mm -hmm. this correspondent i don't know what's in her head but obviously either something is going wrong she's in a rush i understand there's a lot going on on the field yeah. it could be confusing but as a journalist do your homework right look whom you retweeting to the whole country yes yes uh, so and this is how this level of disinformation starts rising. Yeah. And then it, it's kind of like it spreads out. Yeah. It's because mass media is like fungi, you mm -hmm. know, like a, it, one said something, it is going, 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 going. Yeah. And I assure you that people who engineer this campaign are aware of that very well. Yes. And they use it and they manipulate it. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. So basically what's happening here, you always need to look, because they made me, as you know, we talked about it on Mutiny before. Yeah. I was forced to study combat propaganda. So I was a poor student. I slept through most of the classes, but I had to pass an exam. I remember stuff. Yeah. So you have to look through the bottom of it. Why are they doing this? Because yeah. it's a lot of money and time consumed. There's, there is a goal to their effort. Yeah. And when you look at it, that's creating the narrative and 
um, distorting the reality and distorting the mentality of the public, of yeah. the general public, yeah. to turn them into not to sympathize Nazi, but incorporate the Nazi sentiment and the mm. national stent sentiment into the national discourse yes. to make it a valid point by shielding it with the freedom of speech, which for Americans is basically uh, has religious uh, feel to it. Yeah. Um, and th that exactly same pattern you could see in the whole Pussy Riot uh, initial trial that happened mm -hmm. in 2014 yes when uh, in fact there are the same very things that you can uh, follow uh, first there are people with covered faces yeah. uh, that protest yes. in an iconic place yeah uh, and uh, before uh, pussy riots were arrested they had i believe about 82 actions that were completely silenced and nobody paid any attention. Yeah. They picked that particular one because the uh, Cathedral of Our Savior, the Christ, has a special meaning mm. to the hearts of the Russian people who were devoid of religion for 70 years and got it back. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are believers. There's a Russian Orthodox religion that yeah. right now is on the rise. So they pick it up in a perfect setting yes. and they use the media and they use the social media to turn the actual real people on yes. the ground who still kind of hesitant are they young girls or what are they doing yeah. and they twist the opinion of the general public yes. to hate the pussy right in with them mm -hmm. Behind the pussy right stands the whole opposition, yeah. all the activists and all the resistance and by that some um Vanya Ivanov, who goes to work in the office, uh, sees that these people are hurting his religious feeling, yeah. and they are punks, and they must be hated, and it's okay to put them in prison. And then, so whenever somebody else comes up in the aftermath, they all are okay to put to prison, because they are just like pussy right. So you see the whole same pattern applied here, mm -hmm. and we are in the interesting historical moment, because they're actually doing it now, yeah. this week, as we sit here and talk. It's happening here in America. They are trying to put Antifa in the place of Pussy Riot. They are trying yeah. to turn the discourse yeah. and by making people sympathize to the peaceful protesters yeah, who are not, who are peaceful. not peaceful protesters, right. who've arranged for all of this, who had instructions yeah. to hide their Nazi sympathy from their social media and who didn't do a very good job about it because mm -hmm. they're just not very smart. Yeah. And anyone with internet can go there and find it. And because it takes a lot of time and it's extremely unpleasant, I actually did the job and yeah. it's in my article. It's called uh, How All Trump Right, trolled America mm -hmm. on Medium, Zarina Zabriski, uh, and some of my articles on Indivisible or yes. in some other publications. But this one's actually, I'm not even sure if I want to have them in any publications. Yeah. I'm independent. I express my point of view. Yes. It's becoming very dangerous. I don't want to endanger any other folks. Sure. Um, so uh, this is what happened, and you need to see the whole picture. All of us are just being pawns. We're being played in this big game. Yeah. And the puppet master and all the uh, uh, strings are leading all the way up, first to the White House and from there to the Kremlin. And there is multiple, multiple proof to it. It's not a conspiracy theory. If you look at the screenshots and the connections or do research yourself, mm -hmm. you will just see that that is what's going on mm -hmm. and the whole nation is being duped.
Yes. Oh, so how do we stop it is the question, aside from getting the word out as to what actually happened. Um, do you want me to be optimistic and a bit or realistic? And I mean, <laughs> I would like optimistic, but I feel like realistic would be like more helpful. Well, I would say let's be realistic. Yeah. And not pessimistic at yeah. this point, because yeah. otherwise we'll all just get depressed and do nothing. Right. And that, right. that's exactly what they want us to do. Yes. Because there's a lot of confusion, panic. and de- So we be aware. Do your own research. Don't trust what you read in any source. Washington Post, New York oh, Times, yeah, yeah. San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, this seemingly yeah. liberal, seemingly at all times, Trump... Uh, anti-Trump, let's yeah. put it this way, um, publications don't believe any anything at this point that you see. Yeah. Because actually, a while ago, my friend in England, Zach Wilson, who uh, knows a lot about propaganda, sent me an article that in Europe, they have discovered that there were a lot of uh, twin, fake twin sites uh, made to look like Washington Post that are not Washington Post, but you cannot say that they are not. Interesting. Guessed by whom? By our Russian friends again. And uh, posted a lot on internet. There's a research and article on that. So whenever you see something, check it. Find other sources like journalists do. Um, I, I mean, I learned it as a young kid. My father taught me because I lived in the Soviet Union. And you couldn't trust anything. Yeah. You had to kind of find out on your own. That's why I go to these events. Mm-hmm. That's why I went to every single one yeah. of them, except for the one on April 14th. We couldn't make it. But oh, I've been, that one. Oh, yeah, oh, but I've been to every yeah, yeah. single other one. I've been to other events. And when I see something, I always look for other sources, other sides, uh, coverage. And even then, unless you've been there, just remember that you might be manipulated and you shouldn't trust other sources. Yes. So, um, and what else to do? Be aware, share the information with others and do what you, in my opinion, what you are comfortable with. Mm. Uh, If you have uh, dependents, pets, children, parents, uh, try to stay out of risk, out of danger because these gatherings could be dangerous. If you feel that you know, you are responsible to care of everything you need to, and you feel like it, go there. And um, I say, don't initiate the fight, don't get into the fight because yeah. it will be manipulated and used for the uh, for the alt right and for, for for this government. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, s- stand up for yourself, think for yourself, most importantly, yes. and find what you're comfortable with. Any kind of donation, writing letters. All of this drop by drop will work, but more than anything, just stay independent and think. Yes. I mean, if I had to sum it up, think before you do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we don't lose it because right now we're working against a very, very sophisticated, well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. that is hard at work on many levels. Yeah. And... So we need to be diligent and give ourselves a break. Like this weekend, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of town. Yeah, and just same. Go kayaking and yeah. look at the ocean. Uh, but you know, once you feel you have recharged, 
don't don't escape completely yeah. unless you want to immigrate and that's what eventually i probably will do if it doesn't yeah. stop because i i don't want to live in a fascist country no if, no if all if all is lost i've done that before yeah i don't want to right it's my home i've been here for 20 years yes so <sighs> Wow. Uh, but um, thanks for putting the radio show. I hope yeah. folks are listening. Yeah. Uh, look up. I put together a lot of information uh, on it's uh, on Medium. Mm -hmm. Zarina Zabriski, Z-A-R-I-N-A-Z-A-B-R-I-S-K-Y. And it's none of my literary work. There is n there's just articles and pictures. And um, some of them are disturbing. Swastikas. Yeah. 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 I think I appreciate the, the, the warning. It is hard to, there's also like a toll I think it takes on folks. I was realizing after this was just the emotional toll. And like, I've still had trouble sleeping even after this event, like leading up to it, I was like worried. And for a lot of us who are, you know, parts of marginalized communities, like there's this psychological fear that I think isn't really discussed very much where when folks have this rhetoric, this language, when they threaten folks, it's, it takes a toll on, on people. So it's, it go, it's like not even, you can't even say it's free speech because it, that in itself is violent when they are speaking the way they are speaking. Yeah, well, fortunately, they can't speak very well. Most of yeah. them can't put two words together. So. That's true. Very true. Yeah. All right, well, well, thank you, Roman. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. I really appreciate the work you've done and, and coming here to, to share it. Yeah, no, so. of course, anything can do. Absolutely. All right, well, thank you very much, Zarina. And uh, we're going to take another bit of a music break for a little bit. And then we'll be back with some more. This is my 2015 version of Love Me, I'm a Liberal, which was originally written by Phil Oakes in 1966. He said that uh, liberals are 10 degrees to the left of centre in good times, 10 degrees to the right of centre when it affects them personally. While I don't think you can trust all the analysis from a violent misogynist like Phil Oakes, I think he was right about this. And I also think liberalism entails a kind of polite awfulness, like their policies may rip you and your loved ones to shreds, but at least they're trying to make a positive difference, right? See Manning 
night and donate to every fun drive. I love to sing, give peace a chance. Those words get me feeling alive. When it comes to the conflict in Gaza, I'll always take Israel's side. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a I vote for the Democratic Party I want the U.S. to be strong Keep fighting those cowardly terrorists With your honorable Democratic bombs And I've cleared my browser history So bring the NSA right along And love me, love me, love me I'm a Of course I support Black Lives Matter Those police killings all must be stopped And black folks would be real hard workers If we'd only give them a fair shot But don't talk to me about reparations Cause you know I earned everything I got So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I was young and impulsive I wore every conceivable pin Even went to some socialist meetings Learned all the old union hymns But I've grown older and wiser And that's why I'm turning you in So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Yes, love me I'm a liberal. Our soldiers go die for our freedom. That's why terrorists call for our death. Mass surveillance is just for our own good. Finding radicals in our neighborhoods. But safety's more sacred than freedom. That's why Big Brother's listening in. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. And since we are speaking of freedom, we also should speak about crime. Now that corporations can own prisons, we can save lots of nickels and dimes. But this creates motive for jailing, turning people into merchandise. But love me, love me, love me, I'm a Democrat. Oh, I love that good old Constitution, especially its freedoms and rights, like the rights to vote and assemble, long as y'all don't block roads or drill sites. But Anwar and his son had it coming, that tribunal do process enough. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a Democrat. Oh, we love our minority voters, especially Latinos and Blacks. Aren't you grateful now gays can get married, and we gave Indians their land back? 
Oops. But as for indicting policemen, when they do it, it ain't no crime. But love me, love me, love me, I'm a Democrat. Oh, we're courting you, lady voters. Hell, our sweetheart's a lady herself. We love you, Hillary. We love to talk equal pay and free birth control for all. But don't bring up that Equal Rights Act. That would too simply answer your calls. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. <clears throat> Aren't you glad we gave you health insurance? Just ignore your doctor's complaints. We swear it'll bring down our health costs and lead to health care for all. So don't dream about single payer. Then insurance execs might not call. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. I've read all about Boko Haram. I want them to bring back our girls. I give monthly to feed the children, to feed children all over the world. But don't talk to me about Palestine. Those people aren't people at all. But love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. We the people need GMO labels. Our families deserve to know. Our workers need to know what they're exposed to. In our factories, restaurants, and stores. But as for Chelsea Manning and Snowden, those traitors should die for their crimes. But love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. Governments should support their people, but American people come first. Yup, our selfish interests are central to a great many conflicts and wars. Now courts ruled corporations are people, probably more than moms working three jobs. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Democrat. Oh, the radical things you demand now. You say access to health care's a right, as are schooling and food and water, and a safe place to sleep in at night. But for these things, you'd need revolution, and that's going way too fucking far. So love me, love me, love me. Reform is all we need. Don't forget to vote for me. Steeped in corporate hypocrisy, I'm a Democrat. And welcome back to the weekly review. Those were quite a few cover versions of "Love Me, I'm a Liberal." Perhaps you're like me; they'll get stuck in your head for days. I'm still waiting for them to get unstuck out of my head, and that's okay. 
that's that's quite all right. I find it to be those songs to be first of all, it's a really great melody, and also just the message too, because I feel it's sometimes like banging your head against a wall when you say this is what's happening and folks refuse to listen, um, or people in positions of power refuse to listen or want to maintain the narrative of folks who are trying to cause you harm seem to be experiencing a lot of that. So we'll be joined in a little bit um, by Praveen, who is also there on Sunday. And also, if you would like to call in, we are taking phone calls. You can reach us at 415-550-0511. This is an uncensored show. You can swear, you can say whatever you want. Um, Really just keeping it open to folks. And also, it's important that we, we let our voices be heard that we we tell the truth about what happened because if we don't the lies are going to continue and folks who were not there are are not going to know what actually happened and it's going to be used against us there's a lot of i feel like i've heard a lot of the there's a lot of sayings that are pretty much just encouraging people to speak up and also if you don't that uh they the folks in power will use it against us and they'll lie and say that we asked for it or that we deserved it somehow I'm paraphrasing there. There's a lot of more uh, concise sayings, but those are the ones that we hear a lot. So again, speak up. If you were there, if you disagree with the media, let them know. You can, I mean, I try not to read comments anywhere because they make me incredibly depressed and angry. Um, But do, you can comment. You can let the authors of the pieces know. You can let your friends know. That's another thing. I feel word of mouth is really powerful. So for the folks who might not be in Berkeley or might not have been at the protests, who are reading this narrative, who are believing that somehow anti-fascists are to blame when there's violence, folks really need to be aware that, that that's not the case. So do what you can, whether that's online, whether that's in person, with your coworkers, classmates, your neighbors, folks you talk to, please let them know that this narrative that the media is pushing along is not correct. And it's really harmful. And as I mentioned before, you know, once anti-fascists are criminalized, I won't be, first of all, I won't be here. Um, but, you know, they're going to come for you next. That's the thing. It's not like they just stop all of a sudden. They're going to start coming for everybody, and there's not going to be anyone left. So we need to stop it. And that's something else, too. I happen to, uh, I was, so the song, of course, has been in my mind, in my head for days since I first heard it. And then I was like, oh, i got to write my own lyrics to it, which I did. And it's... It, there's of course a part a whole verse spoiler alert a whole verse about how you know there's all this stuff about fighting nazis and punching nazis and oh, i'm glad we, we beat them in world war ii and then when fascists come to town and black block you know protects us from them uh then all of a sudden that's that's too much and that seems really hypocritical and i feel like that really would go along quite well in this song too there's that liberal idea that folks who only preach nonviolence from their own perspective it's, uh, it's uh, you know, they, the folks who are themselves not in danger preach nonviolence. And then there's the folks who bring up MLK when it's convenient for them. Yet they seem to never mention the excerpt from Letter from a Birmingham Jail where he talks about white moderates being possibly more of a stumbling block towards freedom than folks in the KKK because uh, white moderates seem to have more of a desire for order as opposed to justice. And that's still very true. And that's exactly what we're seeing with the media coverage, too. The folks who are, they think you can just nonviolently get through everything. Well, when someone's attacking you, I, I don't know how to, how you can uh, 
I, I get that we want to de-escalate things, but it's not always a choice. You have to defend yourself and you have to defend your community. And it's a pretty privileged position to be in to assume that everyone has that option because not everyone has that option. And I guess that's something else too, is that we all have our own experiences based on the bodies we've been born into. And we should listen to the folks who are more marginalized for their experiences. They should be leading the way. It shouldn't be the folks with the most privilege telling folks who have more at risk how they or we should be acting. It's, it's just goes into the whole, it just feeds into the power dynamic there's an article that also came out recently about how folks who criticize Antifa, anti-fascists, it supports white supremacy. Because again, anti-fascists are protecting people against the state. And the thing is, the state isn't here to protect everybody. It's not here to protect most people. And for some folks, some people do. I get it. I don't haven't met any of these. I guess I have met some of these people. There are people who believe that the police are there to protect you. A lot of us don't feel that way, right? So if we cannot pretend on the... Pretend, if we cannot depend on the police to protect us, then what are our options? So that's also another discussion that has to happen. And it's all, it's all connected and definitely goes through with this whole idea of, you know, folks willing to, to go so far. And then as the song mentions in many of the versions, no revolution, that's too far. You know, I'll support folks' freedom to a point, but then if I have to risk something, then I won't do it. And we all have to risk something if we're going to do this. So that's my... That's my take on it. So I would say, uh, folks, again, you can call in 415-550-0511. And in the meantime, I may just have to play yet another version. There's so many versions of this song, so many covers. And also, the original I want to talk about by Phil Oaks is fucking phenomenal and awesome. And at the same time, a lot of the language in it is problematic and dated. So I was kind of on the fence about, do I play this and do I not play it? And... It's that, that thing where you want to, like, the message, we, the message is clear and still very valid, and at the same time, some of the words that are used, it's like, oh, ugh, I don't feel the need to repeat that. So that's part of the reason for also just playing the, a lot of these updated versions, because the message is still there, and I think the idea behind the song is still very present. And it's interesting that, you know, the song came out in 65, 66, so it's like over 50 years ago, and folks were still dealing with the same shit still dealing with folks who, again, will only go maybe halfway or not even, or will, you know, the land, the last song, the land the lyric of the, of the end of the song is, you know, now I'm older and wiser and that's why I'm turning you in. It's that the folks who pretend to have our backs really don't. And so I think that also just needs to be established. You know, either, either you have our back or you don't, it's not, you can't go halfway with this. So, uh, as Praveen comes in, we're going to play another song in the meantime, and then we'll be back in a little bit. So please stay tuned. They cried when they shot Trayvon Martin. Tears ran down my spine. And I cried when they killed Eric Garner. As though I'd lost a father of mine. But the Palestinians got what was coming. They got what they asked for this time So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I go to the Occupy rallies Put the sticker on my car I should lock up all of the bankers And put those crooks behind bars 
But don't talk about a third party That's going a little too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I cheered at Obama's election My faith in the system restored And I cheered when they killed Bin Laden and threw his body overboard But I love Latinos and Muslims As long as they don't move next door So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal The people who are voting for Donald Can't get anything right I don't understand how their minds work haven't they seen last week tonight but if you tell me that you don't speak English you will give me quite a fright so love me love me love me I'm a liberal I watched Jon Stewart on TV I've learned to take every even memorize Bernie speeches Call myself a socialist too But when it comes to bombing in Syria There's no one more red, white, and blue So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I vote for the Democratic Party They want to keep NATO strong and I drive to work in my hybrid Cause biking would take me too long I'll give all of the money you ask for If it keeps the poor where they belong So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Yes, I once was young and impulsive Wore every conceivable even went to environmentalist meetings Swore I'd never eat meat again Oh, but I've grown older and wiser And that's why I'm voting for Clinton So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Of course, the moral behind that song is that we were fucked in this election. And also, one can criticize both parties. It's uh, it's like the idea of the binary, which is so problematic uh, with in politics. Uh, just that uh, the choices we were given were not good, right? And I think that's very fair to say. Okay, so there's also other things happening besides white supremacists uh, terrorizing the country and the world. Of course, there's also been the Hurricane Harvey, and many folks in Houston and in that area in the Gulf Coast are having a lot of... It's horrific. I feel... I don't have quite the language to appropriately discuss what's happening. It's fucking horrific, 
and it's terrible. So I wanted just to provide some resources for folks who would like to uh, donate, who are able to donate, or and or put the word out. There's a lot of ways you can help. So one is first of all, this red. This, there's a site called NoRedCross.org, and that provides a lot of grassroots organizations, um, places where folks can donate. So we all know the Red Cross. Well, we don't all know this. The Red Cross. They, they don't. They're not not good. The Red Cross is not helpful. There was a the story out recently. They only built like six houses in Haiti. Recently, NPR tried to interview the executive director, and then the, they for a long for many years have been trying to speak to them about uh, being transparent with where the donations go. And they're like, no thanks. We're not going to talk to you about it. So don't donate to the Red Cross. You can donate to a lot of other places, and you can find these places at noredcross.org. O-R-G. There's an Amazon wish list that was put together by a civil rights attorney and activist, Esley Merritt. Um, so providing direct support to families. So that's one That's one uh, place you can go. And also that was recommended by Sean King. There's the Corazon Ministries, which is a church that has uh, rescued and houses 50 immigrants that ICE Homeland Security abandoned in the middle of the fucking hurricane. Fuck you, ICE. And, uh, I mean, ugh, ICE... Uh, yeah, ICE gives actual ICE a bad name, right? Uh, we do not like law enforcement that goes after people and separates families. There's no excuse for it. If it's your job, you should fucking quit. All right, so yes, so Corazon Ministries, uh, Corazon as in heart, uh, you can donate to them, and that's C-O-R-A-Z-O-N, Ministries. There's also BlackAmericaWeb.com Relief Fund, and that's BlackAmericaWeb.com relief fund that benefits individuals and families who are victims of publicly declared disasters. And so that's another place. And uh, so Color Lines also um, had a link to them as well. There's also Support Black Women, uh, H-O-U. And the ask is a simple one. Instead of giving to organizations, we are encouraging you to give directly to support black women displaced by the hurricane. So that's, again, uh, Support Black Women, uh, H-O-U. And you can find, again, all of these at noredcross.org. Next up, Texas Organizing Project, born out of a hurricane. It's born out of a hurricane itself. TOP made sure funding went to the right places, and they'll do it again. So they have another. That's another organization you can check out. Also, Homeless Period Project of Austin distributes tampons, pads, and other menstrual-related items to homeless folks and those displaced by the storm. And that's also via color lines. Again, that's Homeless Period Project of Austin. Also, the Transgender Foundation of America in Houston, the organization has created a relief fund that will assist Gulf Coast trans, intersex, and genderqueer survivors recover from this disaster. And again, that's the Transgender Foundation of America in Houston. Also, The Way Home. The Way Home is coordinating shelter options during and after the storm. Also, Shape Community Center. Since the storm has made landfall, since the storm made landfall in Texas, Shape has mobilized to help the people of Houston stay safe and find shelter. Again, that's Shape Community Center. Next, Living Hope Wheelchair 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 Association uh, serves populations with spinal cord injuries and other disabilities. The organization has been conducting direct rescues since the hurricane made landfall. Again, that's the uh, Living Hope. Oops, Living Hope Wheelchair Association. Next is Racism. That's R A I C E S, and that is a Texas-based nonprofit legal advocacy group that has been working to find housing for immigrant families stranded by ICE after being released from detention centers. Again, can I say, say fuck ICE? Can I say that? I think we should all say it. Fuck them. Uh, tearing apart families. Like, don't. Uh, ugh, it's ugh. 
again, hard to find the language. I have a lot of fucking anger. A lot of anger. Okay, next. Black Women's Defense League. Uh, World on my shoulders, W-O-M-S. And at Black Women's Defense League, which is uh, B-W-D-L, have been fielding phone calls since last night from activists in Houston. So again, that's the Black Women's Defense League. And I'm going to go read a little bit more about that. So um, they've been telling us what they need and how we can support them. These are people in and serving underserved communities that will likely go unsupported by relief efforts of more well-known organizations. We will be going in when the road's clear, which is likely going to be Wednesday. So that's another organization that you can donate to. All right. So then next there is ICNA Relief. ICNA Relief, which is Muslims for Humanity. That also goes into another story, which is how, it's of course a big mega church. They weren't letting people in, but lots of mosques were. So, yeah. <sighs> okay, next. Uh, so ICNA Relief, which is Muslims for Humanity, is preparing national and local disaster teams to support mass feeding, mucking out and gutted out as needed in southern Texas. Next is Direct Relief. Hurricane preparedness packs are assembled in DR each year in advance of hurricane season. Uh, 11 caches, which contain critical supplies, are currently with health clinics. And next, Feeding Texas. Feeding Texas will be utilizing mobile food banks. We move, we move millions of hungry Texans toward food security through a statewide network of food banks. And I'm going to read a little bit more about them as well. Uh, um, so they, okay. We move millions of hungry Texans toward food security through a statewide network of food banks and lead the public conversation needed to solve hunger in Texas. So yes, yet another organization to support. And again, you can find these all at noredcross.org. And next, Driscoll Children's Hospital. DCH is a 189 bed, um, Pediatric Care Center with specialists representing 32 medical and 13 surgical specialties offering care throughout South Texas. Then there's a Catholic Charities. And then Portlight. Too often people with disabilities are left behind during disasters. Portlight's hotline for them in Texas is ringing off the hook. You can donate. And that's, again, Portlight, P-O-R-T-L-I-G-H-T. Next, Galveston County Food Bank. Next, the Houston Democratic Socialists of America. And then the United... Sorry. National Nurses United. Uh, NNU is the largest union of nurses in American history, and they're sending registered nurses to relief sites across Texas. San Antonio Food Bank. San Antonio Food Bank is the official coordinating org in its region for donations. They normally serve 58,000 every week. You can donate to them. The Texas Diaper Bank. Texas Diaper Bank changes lives of over 15,000 babies, seniors, and those with disabilities every year. They're on the ground now. Next, Team Rubicon. Team Rubicon is sending experienced veterans with first responders to Texas, helping reintegrate vets while applying their experience to disasters. Then, Austin Pets Alive, and this is the last one. Austin Pets Alive is asking for help as they take in hundreds of animals affected by Hurricane Harvey. They maintain comprehensive, innovative programs designed to help. So again, you can find all of these organizations at noredcross.org, so check that out. And now... We're joined here by Praveen. Praveen, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thank you. Yeah, feel free to have a seat. All right. Pretty casual today. It's always casual here at the radio station. Casual Friday. Casual, yeah, it's casual Friday. No dress code ever here. Um, thank you so much for coming in. So, uh, as Arena was here earlier, and we were talking a bit about the background of 
the reporters and why the, the reporting was so off. And I think it's really just crucial that we have folks who were on the ground to talk about what actually happened, um, as opposed to the media narrative, which seemed to really provide a totally different narrative. Yeah, yeah, they're really uh, painting it. They're really trying to trump this up. And uh, just this morning, I saw on Politico their their headliner right now is uh, Antifa is domestic terrorists, and you know they're uh, trying to get DHS and everybody to uh, classify a bunch of folks, uh, you know, that have been in these protests uh, as as domestic terrorists. And so they're talking about like following them around as they travel, things like that. Well, so, yeah, so we are. <laughs> so here we are now. So I guess if you defend yourself against white supremacy, you're officially a terrorist. Thanks, America. You've done a great job. <laughs> I mean, this is like fucking terrifying because I mean, like, so either you stand up for yourself um, and you get labeled a terrorist or you don't and then you are you get killed or injured. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I think like I don't know if you talked about this, but just today, the other headlines I've been seeing coming out of Berkeley is that storefronts that have had things like Black Lives Matters, yeah. uh, posters on their windows have been getting their windows smashed out. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, and that's what happened to two storefronts, apparently, this week. Mm-hmm. So it's like the threat of violence from some of these groups is very real. Like, uh, you know, they're, they, they're coming into our communities, smashing our windows, assaulting uh, folks in our community, uh, yeah. like the sex worker in San Francisco last week. Yeah. So, um, so and this is not something that the, the local police are really getting involved with so no i mean i mean it's like they're maybe they're just outsourcing their jobs <laughs> i hate to sound i mean yeah. but like it's honestly i mean that's the thing too is that it's like a lot of us can't depend on the state to protect us because right and also right now that the state is criminalizing us for protecting ourselves yeah well you were there roman like what did you uh what did you see? What did I see? I saw thousands of people coming together. I saw people chanting. I saw like, it was like intergenerational people from a variety of backgrounds. I felt safer than I have at any protest in a very long time. Um, certainly safer than when I was there previously at MLK park and the white nationalists came to town and were throwing bottles at us and t- attacking us. And when the cops were fucking attacking us. Um, so I felt safer this past Sunday than I have previously at any protests. And I was shocked not, I mean, I don't trust the media, and at the same time, I was shocked that the headlines provided this really skewed view of, you know, focusing on these these skirmishes instead of the solidarity that was really there. Yeah, I mean, in the center of all this, like, as the news media was saying, I mean, we had folks from, uh, from all sorts of communities come over. And, uh, I mean, one, uh, I know that was on Fox News last night, Ugh. actually, um find his name but like it was uh reverend what is his name uh oh here we go uh reverend pastel Mac- michael mcbride oh yeah he's right. awesome yeah 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 so uh and his oh, yeah, faith play community that. was out there uh he's african-american church uh you know fighting the struggle uh along uh with other folks and uh you know there was also a famous comedian there actually i'm spacing on his name w kamal bell yeah, that's right that's yeah right. yeah so I mean, this is a really like intergenerational, yeah, like you're saying, like very, very diverse community. Uh, v- most people there were like extremely nonviolent. Like uh, I know I myself, like I was just there, like I didn't wear a mask. Yeah, I was singing like faith hymnals with other folks and uh, on a pedestal, 
and we were getting like yelled at. We we're, we're uh, you know there was a bunch of uh, of these Nazis that came up, and they're you know we were just there singing. Yeah. And we we're having a good time, and and these uh, these these Trump folks were like, "You're an American. You go vote Republican. You're get out of here." Blah, ew, blah, blah. Ew, and, ew. Like and and actually, you know, I don't even want to blame the Republicans because you know these folks they have so much hate. They're just using the Republican Party as a cover. And, yeah. Like, you know, like, I have my differences with the GOP, but, but the folks that are coming into our community, this is, this is beyond the pale. Like, they're, they're really hate-driven. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, it's really frightening. I hadn't seen that story this morning on Politico. That's yeah. really, I mean, it seemed like that was the direction it was going, especially after Nancy Pelosi and Jesse Ergain, uh, Erguin, uh mayor of Berkeley, like, both were, like, going against Antifa, uh, which is just, I, and again, I don't have much faith in public officials anyway, but still, it's like, if you're elected to protect the people or represent the people, you should do that. You shouldn't criminalize the population. Well, and, and another thing that I want to also bring up, I, and I can't go into too many details, but um, due to the nature of my work, uh, I, I do a lot of focus... Oh, I do a lot of focus uh, on working with, um, you know, r- rapid response in uh, uh, with with movement folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing that uh, I've been working a lot this week is is we've had an overwhelming um, doxing response on a lot of the folks that were at the protest and yes. uh, uh, and who were associated. Uh, and so the, this is coming out of like. The, these 4chan and 8chan boards and uh, we had a I was just working earlier this week with an NLG lawyer yeah. that was getting like 30 calls over the night of like death threats and harassment so uh, like <sighs> and there's many more people like uh, we've actually just I've been dealing with a flood this week uh, so uh, I also want to shout out to people that are doing this work. Like, you know, it doesn't matter if you cover your face or not. It doesn't matter if you're violent or nonviolent. Yeah. Like, uh, before you get involved, like, definitely lock down your social media. Uh, you know, take take precautions. Like, try to scrub whatever data is out there on the internet about you because they're using it against using it against these folks. So, thank you for that. That's really important. Yeah. Oh, I'm so angry. I mean, it's just like, I feel like turning into the Incredible Hulk, like, all the time. It's just, it's so, like, and it's, like, unending. It's not like, oh, we have a break. It's, like, no matter, and it also feels like no matter what we do, they will find, no matter what we do, a way to use it against us or to spin it against us. So yeah. we defend ourselves, then suddenly we're violent. And that's why I actually, I'm not going to stop, you know? Like, yeah. I'm not going to change my message. I'm, I'm going to keep going in the streets because it doesn't matter what we do at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, um... And, uh, you know, you know me, like, I'm not, I'm not any type of fighter. I'm, I'm like, you know, I want to talk to people. I'm, I really love people. I even love the Nazis. Like, even though what? I know, I know. What? Even like, I, I actually do believe in like love for everyone, but like, I don't like, you know, and I'm not going to collaborate with them, but you know, like, uh, but, but I'm always for like finding, you know, a path forward that that is for the liberation of all people. So, um, so would you say like just finding the humanity in someone? Yeah. Now, how about folks who just don't have it? Like they don't have a conscience left. Yeah. Like yeah. how? I mean, that. I know, I know, but and but this is part. Of, I feel like that's part of our broader conversation. I mean, yeah. Here we are. We're we're trying to talk about things like the abolition of the prison industrial complex yes so at the end of the day we need to we need to look for the humanity and in, in everyone right like if, yeah if that's that's part of our our mission our structure oh yeah as abolitionists is is also um you know to identify when people are being criminalized unjustly yeah now i'm not saying these nazis are are you know 
those folks, but uh, but yeah, this is another conversation entirely. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But you know, kind of getting back to like, I know that you know, there's folks that uh, like maybe like uh, Juggalos, for right. example, right? Like working class white identity uh, that have been classified as a gang, mm-hmm. um, and you know, has had DHS come out and harass them. Mm. Like uh, that sort of you know, we need to be building more solidarity. We Absolutely, need to be taking a Fred Hampton approach. Yeah. So. Yeah, I definitely agree with that for sure. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's like hard to be, not on, not to feel like on the defensive all the time. Yeah. And uh, like, I do appreciate this idea that yes, we need to like, ideally like education is great in the long run, but in the short term, if people are being attacked and threatened, it's really hard for me to see the humanity in someone who's trying to harm me. Yeah. Like, I mean, if someone else wants to fucking step in and try to defend me, please. But I think for those of us who feel particularly at risk, it, it's really hard. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and that's why, uh, you know, I was out there among other people, like, and so many people came out this, this, this time. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think that we should be talking about as a community right now? Self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to fucking kill us. They're trying, I mean, they're trying to kill us. They're trying to frame us. They had that stupid stunt. They were trying, I don't know if folks know about this, but they were trying to, they were pretended that they were going to do, like, they're going to close down the Golden Gate Bridge on, I think it was like Wednesday, but it was going to be a whole ruse. They wanted to get anti-fascist folks out there so then they would make us look bad. And then we were kind of like, no, that's, you know, it takes a lot of coordination to shut down a bridge, first of all. And it's like also the Golden, especially the Golden Gate. Anyway, it was just really, like, there's like a lot of holes in their plan. But apparently some of the fascists showed up anyway because I didn't realize it oh, was really? not supposed to happen. So, sucks to be you. Anyway... I mean, I feel like more on the defensive because the main thing is like really just the because people are have people have been and already are being killed and threatened by white supremacy whether through the you know through prisons through police through the military through just capitalism you know through poverty like it's something that people have been experiencing every day since even before this election. So I'd say even more on the the defense. How do we protect our communities? Because now we're even at like the the threat seems even more overt than yeah. before. So how do you, how do we protect our communities? I guess like reaching out to individuals as we can. You know, finding resources, doing more like community security, community uh, just safety. I mean, that's the whole idea. I think if we want to like eradicate police, we have actual neighborhoods you know have get to know your neighbors get to know who you're living next to so we can help each other out as opposed to going to the state for supposed protection when in fact they're not really protecting us yeah yeah although that can be tricky too right i mean even like uh just your neighbors may be misogynist or yep right so then yeah so maybe what maybe we need to rethink like when we say like community outreach strategy because yeah frankly a lot of us don't live in communities that we can outreach to right definitely so so maybe we need to find maybe think about like an ally yeah like outreach strategy or something and and then i don't know like how do we you know then envelop like folks that we we do have like difficult times with i mean they're they're our co-workers they're yeah i mean yeah and that's the thing too is that even in you know the the lgbt quote unquote community there's like white supremacy within that and there's misogyny and transphobia within that so it's like we can't even get our communities you know safely coordinated how are we going to do it on a on a larger scale i think so i mean there's just i think more i have more questions than answers honestly i don't know why i feel like i'm somewhat still hopeful in a way and maybe it's because so many people came out this weekend and i was i honestly leading up to this weekend i didn't know if i was going to survive i was that terrified of what was going to happen and i knew at the same time if i didn't show up i was like i didn't 
I don't have the opportunity to not show up, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I feel like I, I had to. If I am actually going to, like, walk the walk or do what I believe in, I have to show up. Like, I have to. And at the same time, I was really afraid. I was afraid for my friends. I was afraid for myself. I didn't know if I was going to make it past this weekend. And I think folks maybe who are... I, I don't know the folks who are listening to this, f- but folks do need to realize that, that a lot of us are terrified. And, and, you know, like, to kind of back that, you know, like, one of the things that I also experienced in the Berkeley March was that, um, you know, it wasn't just us. Like, I mean, everybody was really worried that this could get out of hand. Yes, and yeah. When I went there, there was, like, several layers of car truck barricades. There was, like, police checkpoints. There were, like, helicopters. And uh, and then I even, like, there was even, like, a team of, like, federal mediators that were on scene uh, that, that I talked to. And uh, it was that was an interesting conversation because there are mediators that, you know, go from community to community. They talk whenever there's friction between the police department or the community. They can get, like, try to step in. Mm-hmm. But... Um, but in this case, yeah, like they were, they were had a really complicated job. Uh, sure. <laughs> so like the the potential for violence, like the potential in Charlottesville, was was really high there. Like you know, and that's another reason why people were so geared up. I think. Right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even at a at a moment, it was like, yeah, we have to literally look out for the cars that might come through. Right. Right. We that had- was something that was said to you know there were some community folks doing security, and it was like we really just you need to like turn around when you're walking to make sure a fucking car isn't coming at you. So it's, I mean, the, I think the psychological stress of it all is something that also really need mental health care. If, if everyone had like adequate mental, mental health care, we wouldn't even be here right now. Like we wouldn't be having this conversation because the folks who are struggling and then find the white supremacists because they feel like they don't belong or they're angry and they want to find someone to take out their anger on. Like if everyone had adequate mental health care, like a lot of this would not be happening right now, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think another thing that we need to be talking about is just the importance of trust in who you're working with right now, especially mm-hmm. right now that, uh, you know, uh, the president is is really infuriated. Like, this is, you know, like, like these communities, like, he wants to give red meat to his communities. And yeah. so, like, uh, you know, we've always had to worry about like infiltration and informants but yes. like right now is it's like uh you know like you really need to be able to trust you know look out for signs from people like and like maybe like i would say like people should be going out and like you know just doing some basic research on the internet of like how informants are, are how they work and, yeah uh, you know like what some of the signs are you know like look for yeah people. are there any things you can uh, mention right now that like, I mean, I kind of feel like I can just, with, I'm, I'm kind of a bit too paranoid where like I've met folks who are like fucking end up being like super awesome anarchists. And at first I'm like, who are you? You know, like, and like even at protests before when someone's like asking me questions and I'm like very tight lipped cause I don't want to give them too much, you know, and they end up carrying like a really awesome, like revolutionary sign. And so I'm like, I guess they're okay. You know, but it's still like, I'm almost too protective to a degree because I'm so wary of provocateurs and folks infiltrating. So it, it is really hard to like find that balance between how do you trust people and cause we need we do need to build you know community and at the same time protect ourselves yeah yeah it's a really difficult balance right and i think like my favorite one of my favorites is um you know don't trust misogynists in your circle don't ever trust misogynists in any circle (laughs) yeah Um, is that something people do well, I think there was there was that essay that came out. Did you read it? It was like uh, misogynists make great snitches. It's like a zine. No, I didn't read that. Yeah, that yeah. of course. I mean, I think for some of us who have experience, like it's like 
you know yeah yeah but i mean it's just like you shouldn't tolerate it anyway but like you know if somebody's just blatantly uh you know being abusive like in a misogynistic way i think that's like a real big Mm -hmm. uh red flag that's how uh what's that guy brandon darby he Mm. totally turned coat he was an occupy person oh now he's at breitbart media ew he was a super big misogynist so yeah yeah like look for signs like that um (sighs) yeah you never know right yeah Uh, and uh yeah that's yeah it's good to remember but uh, but i've also heard that you know the the feds have been using like i I heard the joke that they're using like pregnant like minority women like basically now like uh, as undercover agents like they really want to blend in so they're really casting like you know um but i don't know like this is yeah we should be we should be in a power a power and not paranoia mindset so yeah but it's it's all about trust though right yeah it is it is i was gonna pull up some of the you'd mentioned uh uh michael mcbride uh had um there was a great speech that he had given um and part of it was uh shared online i'm gonna bring that so it might take me a moment to bring it up but i'd forgotten i wanted to play it earlier and it was very much just calling into attention how the media refused to pay any attention to the folks who weren't wearing masks and they're focusing just on you know on the folks who were wearing masks and how like the media dynamic was just so clearly biased. So I wanted just to play that in a little bit. And um, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, thanks, Ronan. Yeah. Oh, so so please, yeah, continue. Oh, oh so gonna, yeah. yeah. Wait. So okay, going on informant stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I, it's it's really hard to to know, um, you know, like who you should be working with, who you should not be working with, but. Uh, if you're in a process of, of doing leaks, I mean, uh, do your research before you start talking to people. You know, that person who's a reporter that may be your best friend right now, like, maybe like, may totally turn coat, and that's exactly what happened to Chelsea Manning. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. So, uh, like, you gotta find your sources, like, really trust, you know, trust, um, uh, and, and, uh, you know, like the trust has got to be like, you gotta trust them to be competent too, because, uh, that other leaker, uh, reality winner. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like she did all the right stuff. She did all the right things. She encrypted everything. Like everything on her part was fine, but the, the journalist crew forgot about this yellow dot schema that, uh, that isn't all us printers where they can track, uh, color printing documents. And so oh. they just published these documents that were really trackable. So. So it's like you got to be, you got to be, you got to trust people. Like you know, we're really working with each other's lives here. So like, this is just like Hurricane Harvey. You know, it's not just a matter of trusting the character, but it's also trusting for people to do the right thing and to make the right decisions. Yeah. So yeah, like. Cool. Okay. So we're just gonna play um, the clip right now from uh, Pastor Michael McBride, and this was on uh, KTVU. And one moment, please. We're just going to get the volume up. You uh, give more, more press to uh, some skirmishes than you do to the thousands of individuals who never knew each other until we marched in the streets. You give more ink to individuals whose faces are covered. Our faces are not covered. We'll take questions if our faces ask. are wide open and our voice is steady and our voice is clear. We demand peace in our community. We demand uh, protection from the alt-right, 
from their violence, from their language. We will not be erased. We will not be intimidated. And this is who we are. And that was uh, Pastor Michael McBride. Thank you very much for reminding me about that. I wanted to play that. And there's also another uh, clip I'm going to play a little bit later as well that also has a good analysis of where the media is at right now. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. But just very succinct and like just says it all right there that it's so ridiculous that they would just kind of focus on this small segment, this, you know, these very few moments of a protest as opposed to the general theme of it and the general feeling of it. So maybe another question too is like, do you think that as a community, those of us, and I don't want to say Antifa because I, at this point, like to use that word in this context is, is really like kind of using their framing. Uh-huh. But I want to, what I want to say is like those of us in this broader community, which is thousands and thousands of people in yes. the area that have come out to protest, like, uh, what should we what should we be doing in terms of like a media strategy? Like, what should we be thinking about? What, like a media strategy, like a framing strategy, a oh. messaging strategy. I mean, I feel like some. I mean, to a degree, like the media is not to be trusted at all because they're totally working with the oppressors. So part of me is also just like not to ignore them, but then also like almost there is a you know I did. I'm very also just careful about what I say. The, there's this idea, though, is that when folks from the media people were coming up to us to ask questions, certainly on Saturday in San Francisco, the idea was, oh, you, we would direct them to talk to a media liaison and to have folks who are equipped to talk with the media and have already... Because even if you have a talking point, the media can still twist whatever you say to their own perspective um, and edit it and all this stuff. Um, and I'll just take a quick little story about Saturday was that a media person did come up to some folks I was with and the person I was with said, oh, please talk to a media liaison. And then the reporter got really angry and she was like, she said, oh, this is why you have a bad name and da, 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 and just like started being really angry that we didn't want to talk to her, even though we were like, oh, please just, we're directing you to someone who can help you out here. And so for that example alone is like the reporter's kind of coming in and like not getting what they want and they are not being cooperative with us. So I feel in some ways the media is the enemy. I guess I said the enemy. Like, unless, I mean, some independent media is not, clearly not. And at the same time, the media is not to be trusted. So I don't know how to really an- fully answer that. Like, we do need to find a way to present ourselves, but it's also just, it's kind of like with the situation with Hollywood in a way where it's like, how do we get better representation in Hollywood? And it's like such a, a shit show in a lot of ways where it's like, it's how do you if it's a systemic problem and the folks at the top clearly have their agenda, I, I don't know how to really either infiltrate it or to get your message across if the folks who are making, who are going to call the shots or to provide that push the, their own narrative, they're going to push their own narrative no matter what we do or say. So part of me is like, I, I don't know how to answer that question. Yeah. 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 Well, I also want to, uh, toss out another story, uh, that I've experienced, um, just, uh, when, uh, when you know, uh, as part of our work, we support families that have, uh, you know, had tragedies with with police and state violence, uh, such as Gilda Baker, who's who's on the show. Yes. And uh, you know, a lot of that work is uh, is you know, it's kind of like police work in itself. Like we yeah. have to go out and and cover undercover the truth. Yeah. And you know, find out like oftentimes what's being buried. Yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of the folks that I, I worked with uh, who do that sort of field work, like. Uh, in fact, the first person I worked with was actually like uh, he was um, he was he was actually like a panther out of L.A. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, in the in the seventies uh, and sixties, like he would uh, he would do these sorts of investigations, and um, the police really didn't like it. They didn't like the fact that uh, you know there were groups out there that were trying to you know uh, uncover the truth of what happened in a homicide. Yeah. And uh, this is like the time of the Klan too, right? Like it's like uh, there's basically like a literal terrorist organization running around the United States. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, but the police—they—they uh, they declared a lot of these these police watching groups early on as uh, as terrorist groups too, as domestic huh. terrorist groups. So that they actually faced this repression uh, back then yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Even though they were completely peaceful, they were just doing investigations. So. Yeah, but they're a threat to the state. So yeah. they think. Yeah. yeah. So, but uh, but you know, like folks, uh, there's a lot of folks that didn't get through that time period but the laws of books that didn't yeah you know they're still around and they're still fighting the fight and working with us so like i think that's reason to be optimistic like you know we like uh, what i saw out there this weekend for me was all the reason to be optimistic i saw yeah. black people white people i saw cis people trans people i saw you know like i saw like latina latinx i mean yeah, everyone. Yeah. And, and we're all fighting together. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, like, definitely. I yeah. agree. It was also just incredible to, to see that and like a reminder that we're all here. And then also just meeting new people and folks who I'd never seen before and like meeting friends of friends and just everyone coming together and recognizing, yeah, there's more of us than there are of them and really remembering that and that we can all come together and we all can come out. Yeah, yeah. And I think like... I think like that's important for us to talk about because like it is so scary right now. It's just like oh my god, like the media is turning against us. But mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta remind ourselves, keep reminding ourselves, we are in the majority. Like we like you know people that are standing up for other people. Like that is like the goodness in humanity is the majority. Like, yeah. So I think that's something that we should be we should be talking about. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, I wanted to play a clip from uh, Turha Ak, who also spoke. Uh, just incredible. Like. Oh, so great. So this was a video that was recorded right after. Uh, 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 this is on August twenty seventh. So I was going to play that, and then we'll we'll uh, check in a little bit after that. So uh, yeah. So here we go. All right. I'm gonna try it again. I got cut off. I had a bad signal or something. So. We're going to try it again. So in the last video, I was saying thank you to all the people who made it happen. And we talked about the secondary, primary, white nationalist dynamics. <clears throat> I'm, I'm making this video primarily, though. To respond to the to the reports that have been going out about how violent it was today. That's complete and utter bullshit. When we talk about the primary and secondary predatory white nationalist, and that's anonymous. Factors. We have to put into the uh, conversation the fourth estate. They call it the fourth estate because of how essential it is. And I'm talking about the media. They call the media the fourth estate because of how essential it is to the state of affairs in America. Mm-hmm. 
if you truly have a free press, then you have a free people. If you have a control, manipulated, doctored press, then you have a repressed, ill-informed people, which makes them easy to repress. That's what's happening with this. See, I, I, I keep saying that the objective is to criminal dissent. That's the objective. That is the state status quo mandate right now. It's to criminalize dissent and dissenters. And so that means particularly the most non-compliant have to be painted as criminal. They have to be painted as criminal. Non-compliance in your subjection, a subjugation, I'm sorry, non-compliance with your subjugation is criminal. The only state of affairs that this predatory government is willing to allow you to engage in is dissent that doesn't actually challenge the status quo. If it challenges the status quo, you are a criminal. Not that you have to be doing anything so-called criminal. It is the act of challenging the status quo dynamics that makes you a criminal. So I'm saying that to say, and I'm driving that point home because that is the move right now. So they are taking aim at Antifa because Antifa is combating directly an aspect of the status quo's power mechanism, the secondary predators, the secondary, I'm sorry, the secondary white supremacists, the surrogates for white power. And so today in the press, they talked about over and over and over every news story that I saw. They must have got must prints or must reads or whatever. Because everywhere that I saw, I saw in the media that the Antifa caused the problem. And the reality is, is that the Antifa stuck to the agreements that we read in the beginning. And that is that we would defend each other. And when the Patriot Prayer folks came into the park, the Antifa actually contained and pushed out A group of folks who came to agitate and provoke. One of them came in full gear, shoulder pads, to fight. So when they were pushed out, I watched the Antifa folks, the Antifa community, have amazing restraint in pushing them out and getting them away.
outside of that, there were no more incidents. There were very few incidents. So to frame this thing as it was a violent encounter is propaganda. It's pure propaganda. So there's no way we can let that fly. So I just wanted to speak on that because there's a lot of folks who put a lot of work, put a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice, thought and energy and strategizing to make this happen. And we did. And it was beautiful. So don't don't let the fourth estate, the press, convince you that this was something that it wasn't. It was not violent. It was beautiful. We stood together across tendencies. People respected the call to be disciplined. Don't buy into the narrative. Okay, so that was a uh, Turha Ak, uh, who, yeah, just pretty much laid it out right there. And yeah, I definitely wanted to share that on the program today because that also just reinforces what we've been talking about. And I mean, I take a lot of inspiration from from him as well. Yeah, Turha is amazing. Uh, he's a very savvy analyst, and uh, he definitely saw what was going to be in the media yep. days before it came out. So. Yeah, absolutely. So we're um, coming coming to the bit of the end. Is there anything you wanted to to share before we we wrap up here? Um, you know, uh, not on this topic, but I actually mm-hmm. wanted to just talk real quick about something that I saw right before I was coming here. Yeah, that really. Uh, quite upset me and it's about the you know uh in the press in the background after all this disaster you know this week with the protests and the hurricane and yeah the, uh you know the 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 presidential administration is talking about the end of the daca basically yes the, yeah uh, um, and so for folks that don't know about <sighs> that that's basically the dream act for folks that are um in this country uh they weren't born here but they were you know raised here uh since they were children Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a, basically a deferral to get themselves on a fast track to citizenship because they've lived here their whole lives. And, why, you know, why don't you, uh, wouldn't you be a citizen here? <laughs> uh, so Trump's, you know, he's uh, looks like he's going to try to end it. And I saw a great set of tweets from the alt-immigration account mm-hmm. um, talking about the reasons why this is happening. And, uh, you know, he's talking uh, – what, what they're talking, kind of talking about, uh, and this kind of ties into, like, what we're fighting for is um, – the uh, private uh, prison industrial complex has been giving tons of money to the Trump campaign. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the uh, Jeff Sessions is in return, uh, double the number of cells, double the number of, double the funding that they're going to have to like basically 80,000, 80,000 people in the upcoming, uh, upcoming year. So that's going to be about 10% of the DACA recipients. Uh, So it's, uh, uh, and they're going to keep expanding it, you know, and uh, like these are private prisons. Uh, I don't know if you watched the movie, the 13th Amendment, but it's a great movie. It kind of talks about um, 13th. Yeah, the 13th. Right. Yeah. And how these this prison industrial complex is yeah. kind of an extension yes. of, of slavery. Oh, it is. Yes. Um, yes. And I know that sounds really radical, but, you know, watch the movie. It's, it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. No, it's have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of lobbying money right right now to keep whole groups of people just like uh you know in prison in these deportation cells and Mm -hmm. 
like this is folks that they haven't committed a crime they're otherwise taxpaying members yep. of our society so yep. why are we spending so much money so like people are everyone. fucking evil <laughs> i mean that seems like my answer to a lot of things that are happening and for the most folks in this administration they're fucking evil i know we can also talk about an analysis of why they're evil and they're greedy and all that stuff but i mean that's it's just cruel it's cruel and immoral and evil and i think it's also important just to call them out for what they are these these folks who are literally killing people yeah yeah and uh, you know these are this is the what our next our next stage is going to be i mean we're serious about abolition we've got to take on these prison companies head on. yes so um, absolutely thank you very much for you. mentioning that Thanks for my end. i gotta i'm gonna bounce out i'm gonna head to tahoe for the weekend so oh nice where traffic gets too crazy yeah yeah get on the road so Cool. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your perspective and, yeah, and all the information. And definitely, yeah. And it was also good, really good to see you on Sunday, too. Likewise. likewise. Yeah. Thanks for maintaining this. And well, uh, tune in next Friday. Oh, for sure. Okay, great. Cool. Thank cool. you so much for being here, Praveen. All right. So it has been, we're almost off of our two hours here at, at Mutiny Radio. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. You can support Mutiny Radio by going to mutinyradio.fm. We also have some open slots here at the station, so if you'd like to do a show of your own, totally open, free speech, actual free speech uh, here at the station, please check out mutinyradio.fm if you'd like to do a show here. There's also live performances. If you'd like to do a show here, that's also a possibility. If you would like to support this program, that would be great. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash weekly rev have to thank megan for being our newest uh recurring sponsor uh praveen also thank you for sponsoring the show and for many folks who have uh who have donated uh as well to keep this going i really appreciate it also thank you to everyone who has been organizing and showing up ah uh, uh very important at the end of the two hours i'm feeling a little bit it's super hot here i don't really talk about the weather but it's pretty fucking hot so Val says it's pretty fucking hot. It's really hot here. So stay hydrated. Make sure your pets are hydrated. Make sure your plants are hydrated. Make sure everyone else is hydrated. And yeah, continue doing what you're doing. Uh, and we'll be back next week. And uh, Isaac Jackson, who will be, who's been here before, will also be joining us next week to speak about the future of uh, safe injection sites here in San Francisco. So another way we can combat the fascism is to create the world we want to live in. So appreciate folks like that who are doing just that. Uh, so we've got eight minutes left. I could play another version of Love Me, I'm a Liberal. Should I do that? Yeah, do All right, Val says I should do it. So we'll be doing that, and then maybe another song after that. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and thanks also, everyone out there, for organizing and being out there this weekend. That's uh, what it's going to take to win this. So thanks, everyone, and we'll be back next week. Phil Oaks wrote a biting satirical song called Love Me, I'm a Liberal. The song excoriated the liberal politics of the 1960s. And when I caught a recording of this song in the late 90s, it really helped shape my politics. Anyway, here's my effort at keeping the song current. I mourned the Tiananmen martyrs whose free speech was so brutally quelled. One more time. I mourned the Tiananmen martyrs 
whose free speech was so brutally quelled. And I cheered when Mandela walked freely after so many years in a cell. But Chelsea Manning had to face justice. Those secrets were not hers to tell. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. I'll sign just about any petition. And I'll gladly accept your brochure. I love Oprah and Magic and Foreman. I wish blacks were all entrepreneurs. Capitalism may need saving. Revolution just isn't the cure. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. I cheered when Obama was chosen. My faith in the system restored. And I'll never forgive Ralph Nader for the race he stole from Al Gore. And I love hardworking Latinos as long as they don't move next door. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Those people who joined the Tea Parties Disgrace America's name. Now I can't understand how their minds work. Fox News must have programmed their brains. But if you think you'll get single payer, you must be clinically insane. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Listen to all things considered. I consider anyone's views. I watch Bill Maher and John Stewart. I use irony in everything I do. But when time came to take out the Taliban, there was no one more red, white, and blue. So love me. Party, they're strengthening NATO command. I saw Bono at the Live Aid concert. I buy everything he's endorsed with his brand. We're gonna make poverty history. I'm on Facebook taking a stand. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a Once I was young and impulsive, I wore every conceivable pin. A radical change to the system, I actually thought we might win. Ah, but I've grown older and wiser, and that's why I'm
And that's it for the weekly review today. Coming up next is Women's Magazine with Global Val. Stay tuned.